of Jesus. Amen. This morning, I'll... Can take your seats, please. This morning, I would like to talk to you. I would like to talk to you on the topic, the pain of motherhood. The pain of motherhood. I remember telling a story about a time when I went to visit a friend. I vis- uh, visit a, 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 a mother in the church. I want to go to the house. There was a heated conversation between the mom and the son. And it looks like before I came, there was something going on between the mom and the son. And the mom stood so quiet and she wasn't saying anything. I could sense that there was something going on in the house that somebody did not want to talk about. But it looks like the mom was so troubled that she could not keep it to herself. And she said, Pastor, let me just say this. And then she started talking. She said, this morning, my son got up and asked me, that what have I ever done for her, for him? She said, my son asked me this morning, what have you ever done for me? And she said, pastor, that word came to my heart like an arrow. She said, this boy was with me in the house. Last three months, I gave this boy one million francs CFA, which is like $2,000, for this boy to go start a business. He took the money and went to town. I don't know what he did with the money. Three months after, he packed all his things from where he was living and came back to my house. Continued to eat my food and sleep in my house. He's 30 years old. And this morning, when I was asking him what happened to the business, the boy had the nerve to ask me, what have you ever done for me? And then she started crying. Then I realized that as a mother... There is a pain you can go through. And there are pains you are going to go through. And I'm here this morning to tell you about that pain. And this morning I'm going to consider a woman in the Bible that we read about, Mary. But before then, there are many kinds of pains that mothers go through. And I'm here today because, like I was telling my wife yesterday, every time they talk about Mother's Day, I have double feelings about Mother's Day. Because I always wish that my mom was alive to see where I am today. I always think about if my mom was alive, how my mom react to everything that is going on in my life. But she's not there today because she died before I ever got to be anything. And so I do not take this day for granted because I understand that some of us are mothers and some of us have mothers. So if you have a mother in this house who is alive, consider it a privilege. And treat your mother well. Hallelujah. Treat your mother well. As I think about the pain of motherhood, I think about mothers who got pregnant at early ages, maybe in high school, and could not afford the cost of taking care of the baby and have to give the child up for adoption. Do you know what it means for a mother to carry a child for nine months and then give that child away for adoption? You know, I used to watch this... uh, show on TV where people that were adopted would be looking for their best parents. And most of them used to be so angry while their mother gave them away. But if you look at it on the other side, to know that a woman was pregnant and gave her child away, do you know the guilt to live with all your life to know that you had a child for nine months with you, 
You felt the child kicking in your stomach every night. And after giving birth to that child, you gave it away. What a pain that you can feel as a woman. Then you have mothers too who have, been, who have faced rejection after pregnancy. A woman is in love with a man. They are fine. They go once together. They go places together. They go movies together. They go to the beach together. The moment the woman announces to the man, I'm pregnant, the man says, that is not my pregnancy. You better find out who is the father of that your child. Reject the mother. And most mothers have to suffer this all by themselves. This is the pain of motherhood. Then you have mothers who lost their child at birth. Can you imagine what it means to carry a child? You feel the child kicking every night. You have all your, your maternity checkups. They tell you how the child is doing, the weight of the child. They take pictures of the child's, uh, uh, what do you call it? They do all the things they need to do, and they make, they make sure the child is doing well. They, at the time you give birth to the child, the child dies. What a pain to feel as a mother. Then you have mothers who have the pain of being abandoned by their children. They are mothers who have been completely forgotten by their children. They have done everything for their children, and when their children grow old, they forgot about their mother. They say, go, go struggle for yourself. Salvation is personal, and they forgot, they forget, easily forget their mother. Then you have mothers who have been forgotten or rejected by their children at old age. Now, there are some things that go on in this country that I don't understand. Maybe when I say it, some people think I'm crazy. I don't know how in the world I will ever put my mother in a nursing home. My own mother. I will put my mother somewhere to stay somewhere because she's an inconvenience to me. This woman that I was disturbing her in the night, she would get up like how many times in the night to feed me? I don't have any time to pee on her, poop on her, vomited on her. And now that it's my time to take care of her, I go put her somewhere they call nursing home because I don't want to be inconvenienced. I understand that some people are working and maybe they don't have that uh, time to take care of their parents and it makes sense that they should put them in a nursing home. But the people who don't, who don't want to take care and feel that their parents are a hindrance and they put them away. I don't know how if my mom was alive, I would stand to bear the shame that I'm putting my mother away because I don't have to disturb me. There are mothers in a nursing home. Like when I went to visit somebody some years ago in a nursing home, I saw a mother was a, a man that was there crying. And he was saying, my son, my son has not come to visit me for a long time. All he does is just walking, looking for money. This is your father. This is your mother. What a pain to bear as a mother. Then you have mothers who have the pain of watching their child sink. Can you imagine as a mother you give birth to a child, the child is healthy, the child is fine, and then one day you go to the hospital, your child is diagnosed with an incurable disease, or your child becomes autistic, or your child becomes handicapped, and you have to take care of that child all your life. What a pain you have to face as a mother. Then you have mothers of stepchildren who embrace the children that was given birth to by another woman. And they take care of these children with all their heart and love these children like their own. And when the children grow up, guess what? They go and look for their birth mother and reject the woman who brought them up. What a pain to feel 
as a mother. Then you have mothers who, re who are rejected by their kids after they succeed. I told a story about a mother who raised money. She was walking around hawking, selling, raised money and sent her only son abroad. The boy went abroad, no calls, no letters, not anything. Like after five years, there was no communication between the son and the mother. And the mother was crying every day. And somebody came from abroad and told the mom, I saw your son in Europe. Your son is in UK. He's doing fine. He's a businessman. And the mom was wondering, what happened to my son? And then this guy who came and said, I know where your son is. I'm going to try to apply for a visa for you. Maybe they can give you a visa to go see your son. And the friend did all the papers. And the mother flew to UK. And the friend gave, him, gave her the address of where the son lives. She flew to UK, took a taxi, got to the house, and was so happy that finally, after five years of missing my son, I will get to see my son again. With all the joy, with all the happiness. She goes to the expensive home where the son was living and rings the bell. And when she rings the bell, the wife of the son comes, look at the woman, and then close the door. Go back to her husband and say, there is an old woman at the door. I don't know who that woman is, but you better go check. The man walked to the door and said, you should have told me you were coming. This is the first thing the boy opened his mouth to say to the mother who sold everything, sold the land that their late father left to send him abroad. The first thing he says after seeing the mother for five years is, you should have told me you were coming. The woman started crying. What a pain to feel. As a mother. But I'm here this morning because God has given me a message for every mother in this house. Hallelujah. Amen. Like I said, the mother we are going to consider in the Bible is Mary. Most often we read the Bible, we read the story of Mary, but we do not really take time to ponder on what this girl went through. According to traditional history, when Mary got pregnant, she was between the age of 14 and 16. So Mary was, not a, Mary was not like 18 or 20. She was a very young kid. 14 and, that's what theologians say. Between 14 and 16. Now you can imagine after you find your fiancé, you guys have gone all over the place. You visited your aunts, your uncles. Introduced yourself to your uncle. Oh, my, my uncle, this is my fiancé. We're planning to get married. You go over the place. The introductions are all done. Wedding is like a few months to come. Mary is so excited. You can imagine... How you're getting married, you've planned for your bridesmaid, the kind of clothes you're going to wear, where you're going to do your hair, and everything. And then, few months to the wedding, Mary is found to be pregnant. And Joseph is not responsible. Now, when we read this text in this, living in this culture, we do not see the gravity of what happened to Mary. Because today, if somebody gets pregnant in their father's house, it's no big deal. Right? But in that culture, for you to be pregnant without being married was a big shame. Then, for you to be pregnant while you are engaged and not to your husband was an abomination. That was what Mary was going through. Now, engagement has poured. And then, think about it. She is pregnant. If she knew the man who gave her the pregnancy, she could easily break up with Joseph. And go to whoever was responsible. So, okay, now that he didn't work with Joseph, let me go to James or to Jacob or to Moses or to whoever was responsible for this pregnancy. 
And then she says, the Holy Spirit says, what a, what a disgrace to go tell your community that the father of my child is God. God is responsible for this pregnancy. What a mockery. I can imagine Mary going in the, in the morning to go fetch water at the stream with all the young Hebrew girls. They say, ooh, look at her. She doesn't even know the father of her child and she claims that the father is God. What a shame this young girl had to go through. The pain of motherhood. And then she gives birth, she grows up. Bible makes it very clear that during her pregnancy, Joseph was not a rich man. Joseph did not have a lot of money to take care of this woman, to give her all the, the cravings. Now, when women are pregnant, they have cravings that are crazy. They can get up in the night and say they want to eat something that is not even made in America. They can get up, like one of my pastors said, the wife will get up at 1 a.m. as I want to eat roasted fish. 1 a.m. in the night. And you have to drive his car from where he is to go to town to go find roasted fish. Then when he comes back with the roasted fish, the woman says, I'm no longer hungry. Mary did not have this pleasure to have all this craving because Joseph did not have the luxury to give her all the things that she wanted. And then she eventually gives birth to the child. And after she gives birth to this child, Herod now is trying to kill the child again. Now you imagine, it's not enough that I went through all this shame to have this child. Went through all these difficulties to have this child. Now you realize that Mary was poor because in the Jewish culture, when you came to dedicate a child, there were two kinds of offerings you had to bring. If you were very poor, you bring total doughs for people that could not afford anything. Then if you had money, you brought a ram or a goat or a sheep. But Jesus was dedicated with two total doughs to show that their parents could not afford a ram or a goat. That is how much they were struggling. And now that she has a baby in her hands, with the wise men coming from the east to worship the son, which gives Mary a consideration that what, what the Lord said about my child is true. And now Herod is trying to kill the child. What a pain. Mary has to run from Israel to Egypt. So Jesus had to be a refugee in Africa. What a pain. As a mother, run away from the child. Until when Herod died, the Lord appeared to Joseph, saying, the man that was trying to kill your son is dead. Take the child back. It didn't end there. Now, do you know what it means? Not just to raise any child, but to raise Jesus Christ. The one, the child who knows everything. Mary is in the temple with Jesus Christ. They've gone for a feast in Jerusalem. They had a good time. They're on their way back. They take a bus back, maybe from Delaware, coming back to Virginia. They get to Maryland. They discover Jesus is not in the car. It's not like today that you say, okay, I'm going to take the next train back. They were trekking. It wasn't like they had a car. They had to trek. Mary has to trek back to the temple. Then he finds Jesus Christ in the temple, acting with the Pharisees and scribes and tax collectors. What do you do when you are a mother of this kind of child? Every now and then he's, he's missing. He's somewhere else teaching people. He's somewhere else explaining things to people. Mary was constantly in the search for this boy. What a pain. As a mother. Then it did not end there. Now the child is accused of conspiring to throw away the king of the Jews. To be the king. And now he's arrested. He's being persecuted to be crucified. Mary has to stand there. 
after all the years of suffering, all the years of bringing up this child, hoping that as a mother, my boy will get a good job, my boy will get a wife, maybe have children, get married, give me grandkids, make me proud. Now the boy is arrested, about to be crucified. Mary is standing at the cross watching how this child that is she sacrificed everything for is being killed and is being crucified. Not at any age, but at 33 years old. Not married, no house, no bank account, not, no legacy that a mother can say, well, he left this for me. And Mary stands there at the cross watching how this child of prophecy, this child that she gave her disgrace, that she experienced disgrace for, this child that she suffered for is now being killed. Mary stands at the cross and watch how Jesus, her beloved son, is being killed. She has not benefited anything from this child. Nothing. You remember one time that when Jesus was teaching in the house, the Bible says some men came with a guy that was paralyzed and they could not find a way to get into the door. The Bible said they went and dug the roof. Some theologians say that it was the house of Mary that they destroyed the roof of the house to lower somebody so that Jesus could heal the person. Because if you read a few uh, chapters after, Mary came with the brothers of Jesus and said, I want to see, tell Jesus I want to see him. Some theologians suggest that Mary wanted to discuss the destruction of her house. Like, hey, I know your ministry is growing, but you have to control your people because if they keep destroying my house, I can't take it anymore. This is the pain she was going through to raise a child that was gone. And after everything, she stands at the cross and watch how the son is crucified, accused of a crime he did not commit. He is pierced on the side. They gave him a crown of thorns and then he's crucified. But this morning, I came to tell every mother in the house today, if you are going to overcome the pain of motherhood, there are two things you must understand. Number one, motherhood is a divine assignment. Is anybody hearing me? I told a mother in this house to say amen. 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 I said motherhood is a divine assignment. Amen. You know, for, for most of us Africans, when we have kids, our kids are investments. Right? In America, when you have kids, you're trying to settle the kid to go. Like, let me give him his own life so he can go. But in Africa, we invest in the kids so that they can come back to us and take care of us. So the frustration then comes when the child grows up and the child is making it, and the child treats you as if you're an all-time friend. That is where the pain comes from. But this morning, I want to let you know that motherhood, the responsibility of a mother, is a divine assignment. And I'm going to show you this in the Bible. Do you know why the angel of the Lord did not appear to Joseph, who was the father, who was supposed to be the father, but appeared to Mary? Because the responsibility was not given to Joseph. The responsibility of taking care of this child was given to Mary. Let me go further. Do you know why the angel of the Lord did not appear to Manoah, but it appeared to Samson's mother? When you read your Bible, you discover that the angel of the Lord appeared to Samson's mother first. Then Samson's mother went and told Manoah, the Manoah said, how are we going to take care of this child? Then that, that's when the angel of the Lord 
came back the second time. But the first appearance was to the mother of Samson and not the father. Because the responsibility was given to the mother and not to the father. Let me prove, prove it to you again. Do you know why when Esau and Jacob were in the stomach and God knew that Jacob was going to be greater than Esau? Do you know why God did not give this revelation to Isaac but he gave it to Rebekah? Because the responsibility of their destinies was given to the mother and not the father. That is why on the day that the father was about to pass the, the inheritance down to Esau, the mother who had the responsibility from God knew that if my husband give this inheritance to Esau, it would be a divine error. That is why she had to conspire with the son to take the inheritance because the responsibility was given to her over that child and not to the father. Motherhood is a divine responsibility. That child you are taking care of is a divine responsibility. Listen, God had a plan of salvation. God had a plan to come down on this earth to deliver mankind. But there is no way God could have come on the face of the earth without the womb of a woman. Because no spirit is allowed to function on this earth without a body. There is no way Jesus could have appeared as a spirit to deliver us from sin. So God needed a woman in order to have access into the world. So he chose a woman called Mary and said, look, I'm going to use your womb. I'm going to use your womanhood in order to raise this child that will deliver his people from their sins. So whatever Mary was doing was not for her family, was not for herself, it was for God. Amen. May I say, every child you are raising is not for you, it's not for your family. That child has a destiny from God and he has given you the responsibility to help that child fulfill the destiny that he has for that child. Motherhood is a divine responsibility. Amen. Amen. It's a divine responsibility. Amen. Remember in the garden, after Adam and Eve sinned, the, the Lord appeared. When the Lord came to the garden, what did he say to the woman? He said, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. God had already established a plan of how he was going to save his people from sin. But that plan could not come without a woman. So mothers are responsible for destinies. Without a womb of a woman, no man has an access to this world. So all the pain you feel in the night, God knows. All the sleepless night, God knows. Everything you go through as a mother, God knows. All the emotions, all the instabilities that you go through, God knows. Once you understand that everything I'm going through is a divine responsibility, that eases your pain because you know I am raising this child for somebody else, not even me. Before that child is your child, that child is a child of God. Is anybody hearing me? Motherhood is a divine responsibility. Number two, only God can reward you for your sacrifice as a mother. Can I say that again? I say only God can reward you for your sacrifice as a mother. Amen. That child you are laboring for today, you hold a child in your arms in the night, you cry. 
When a child is sick, you are restless. You take a child from hospital to hospital. You have no peace because your child is sick. That same boy, when he grows up and finds love, forget it. You've lost your position. That boy is all about his romantic feelings. Now, hey, mom, I don't hear anything. I love that girl. This boy that you got up in the night, change diapers like three times. Once he finds love, he forgets about you. Because only God can reward you for all your sacrifices as a mom. Hallelujah. Only God. Only God. Now listen to this scripture. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes glad a father. But a foolish son is a grief to the mother. You know why? Like I said, motherhood is a divine responsibility. In other words, when a son succeeds, glory goes to the father. But when a son is stupid, the mother is the one who is ashamed. Because there is something about motherhood that cries for the success of their children. Listen, if a mother, if two people divorce today, for example, most men can marry in next week and move on. But some women may not marry because they are thinking about their children. Most men be like, okay, I'm married, put me on child support, I'll pay every month, they move on. But women will not think about anything else except their children. Because motherhood is a divine responsibility. Do you know why God did not give one breast to the man and one breast to the man to breastfeed? It's because God knew that a woman had the power, the responsibility in order to nurture that child, to grow into whatever he has destined that child to be. Hallelujah. So your reward is not going to come from your son. Your reward is not going to come from your daughter. Your reward will come from the law. Hallelujah. If you read Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 51, when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, the Bible says when they met, Elizabeth was also pregnant with John the Baptist. Mary was also pregnant. When two, these two destinies met together, the babies lived in their home for joy. And then Mary prophesied. And this is what Mary said. He said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. And behold, henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Mary understood that my responsibility over this child was not for me to get something from the child. My blessing was bigger than this child. Is somebody hearing me? The blessing I'm going to get for taking care of this child will not come from this child. But there is something about this child that will cause all the earth to call me blessed. Hallelujah. Even though, like the Catholic Church exaggerates the celebration of Mary, Mary is to be honored. They take their own to the next level where they, they pray for Mary, pray through Mary. But Mary is honored. I imagine Mary in heaven today. The crown that she has for being the mother of the Messiah. Mary understood. She said, all generations shall call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And his holy name, his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his womb. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Mary understood that there was a greater reward 
for taking care of this child. But even if you grow up tomorrow, forget me. God will bless me. Even if you get married tomorrow and become the love of your husband's life and forget all the things I did for you, God will bless me. Because I'm working for God. I'm not working for my husband. I'm not working for my family. Everything I do as a mom, I do for God. Hallelujah. And I came to tell every mother in the house today, there is a reward for you as a mother. I said there is a reward for you as a mother. I wish I had spirit-filled mothers in this house. I said there is a reward for you as a mother. Hallelujah. So when you change that diapers, think about the reward. When that child starts to act crazy, think about the reward. When the child forgets you, think about the reward. God has a reward for you. So do your best as a mom. Give your best because God has a reward for you. In the name of Jesus. I came today to encourage every mother in the house. Whatever challenge you are going through, God knows. You know, sometimes we uh, men may not even be in, in the position to really appreciate our wives for, the, for their motherhood. Because we think that we are co-equal partners in raising the child. But when it comes to the responsibility over a child, it's like 70-30. When a child gets up in the night and starts crying, most dads are sleeping. And the mother breastfeeds the child. Right? All the things they go through, mothers are responsible. So, like I'm saying, if you are expecting appreciation from your husband, it's a wrong source. Because you may not even get it. Sometimes they feel like, well, I went to work, I'm tired. You stayed at home and take care of this child. Why should I thank you? Is somebody thanking me for the job I'm doing? But the only person that can appreciate you the way you deserve for your motherhood is God. That child you're raising is a destiny. That child you're raising is an answer to a problem. That child you're raising is a prophecy that is about to be fulfilled. But God needs you in order for that prophecy to be fulfilled. So your reward will come from the Lord. Not even your husband. Not even your family. Amen. Amen. I have seen a family where a mother raised a child. I want that mother, all those children grew up, the man died. And the brothers of the man came and said, we don't recognize that you are a brother's wife. They drove the woman away, took the kids, drove the woman away. This is the woman that raised the children of your brother. But because your brother is dead and you want his property, the only way for you to get access to his property is to get rid of the wife. So they drove the wife away so they could have access to their brother's property. The woman walked away. But let me tell you, there is a God in heaven that will reward you for all the sacrifice you do as a mother. Amen. Amen. Can we stand on our feet this morning? I want us to begin to thank the Lord for all our mothers in the house. Thank you for your... If you have a mother who is still alive, begin to thank God for your mother. Hallelujah. Start to thank God for your mother. Start to thank God for your mother. Start to thank God for your mother. Thank God for your mom. Thank God for your mom.